Welcome to the Sullivan and Son podcast. I'm Seamus Sullivan. I'm Mark Sullivan. So we have the draft going on right now as we speak. And yeah, I will have to lean on you because I really couldn't tell you much about any of the people who are being drafted. I know that Lonzo Ball has gotten a lot of press, but I don't know why. More like LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball, <laughs> see? <laughs> see? I couldn't even tell you his name. Yeah. So wh- why is he getting all this press? I mean, he's he's uh, kind of taking the Donald Trump approach. You just you kind of make outrageous claims, say crazy things. I mean, LeVar Ball hasn't been insulting, at least, but uh, he's he's made some claims like his son's already better than Steph Curry and that uh, LeVar Ball could beat Michael Jordan back in the day. So he's He's made some outlandish statements, but so some strong uh, trash talking even before he's drafted <laughs> right, and done yeah. anything in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have said he's putting a, a target on his kid's back, but uh, so we'll so which one is the dad and which one is the son? So Lavar is the father, and then Lonzo Ball is one of his three sons. He also has uh, his other two sons are Lamelo Ball and Leangelo Ball. He likes the L sound. Yeah, and the the kind of like double, the alliteration, right? The the um L-L. the double capital where you got you know. Anyways, so his son did end up going number two overall to the Lakers. So anything, anything. I don't see again. I I only know him because he's gotten a lot of press, but I couldn't. You know, unlike many of the past drafts, I really couldn't tell you much about anyone who has been drafted. I don't know if there's anything you want to say about any of these picks or any of the the teams in terms of where they were i know that <clears throat> there was rumors that the knicks were attempting to to uh trade uh for a pick in the top five i don't think they accomplished that but no and i think it just speaks to um phil jackson's kind of bang up job as president of operations for the knicks or gm however you want to put it because he's kind of been you know in control of that roster and meddling with the coaching and such and yeah i can't i i would i find it hard to believe that any other gm or president would want to trade a guy like Kristaps porzingis for any of the guys in this draft at least you know one of the other things he's done with both carmelo anthony and uh porzingis has been talking about them and the fact that they'd be willing he's been very open about with Carmelo, he he even said, we are looking to draft him. And I think when someone is in that position, they're certainly losing value because of the fact that they're saying, hey, we are looking to trade them. Uh, and that's sort of playing your cards or showing your cards beforehand. And I think that reduces their their position, their bargaining position when they're trying to tr- to trade either Carmelo Anthony or Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah, and just uh, going back to Phil Jackson, apparently, I don't know if you heard this, but there was a player who was uh, he was working out for the Knicks. They, they, I don't know who it was. It was apparently it was a, a lottery type caliber pick, so a top ten player in this draft. And he said he was at his workout, and Phil Jackson was dozing <laughs> during his workout. He was falling asleep. Kind of coming in and out of sleeping while this guy's trying uh, doing a tryout basically for the Knicks. That uh, well, number one, I'm wondering how the guy is picking up that he's falling asleep. But again, it doesn't speak well for Jackson. Jackson. I mean, when a guy's laying sideways in the stands, 
Was he laying sideways? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> he brought he a sleeping brought out bag. His, yeah, pillow. <laughs> <clears throat> and the, the other, you know, it's it's fascinating how guys have gone from being uh, coaches into management, and m- many of them have have struggled over the years. I think of uh, Pat Riley is probably one of the few who's been somewhat successful. He's able to get. What about the, uh, Jerry West? Yeah, Jerry West too, uh, but. Uh, many of the others, and 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 Phil's one of them. You would think with all of his NBA championships, he would have the skill to be able to assemble a championship roster or at least a competitive roster, but he hasn't been able to do that with the New York Knicks at all. Yeah, and I know you recently had taken up uh, an interest in Kristaps Porzingis. What are some of your takeaways? Well, I was just reading on him, and, and uh, because of the fact that the the Knicks were looking at trading him and watched some video on him he's i wouldn't i wouldn't be looking to trade him because if you're looking to trade for a top five pick well number one you don't know that you don't know with certainty that a top five pick will actually become an nba superstar and you know what you have with porzingis and he is a high caliber player uh, he's he's showing that they made a very good choice when they drafted him, and they would be drafting him for an unknown quantity. That I don't, I yeah, don't think and that's be... that's something Phil Jackson got very criticized for a few years ago for drafting this this Latvian guy that nobody really knew about. He didn't he didn't play college here. He was just playing professional basketball in Europe, and so a lot of people are like, "Why are you picking this guy?" And it turns out he's he's pretty good. Like I don't know if Phil Jackson knew that or. Well, I think you know. It, I think he was. Now all of a sudden, someone, he's trying to trade him. Well, it's I think like, he was a known quantity. He, if I remember correctly, was he drafted in twenty fifteen? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, I think he had actually declared for the draft prior to that, the year prior, and probably would have been a low first round pick, and actually backed out to play another year in Europe, and then he went up to being a lottery pick after another year of playing in Europe. I think he was in, at that point. People saw the potential that he had. And he's a he's a great two way player. He he able to guard the rim, get blocks, and as well as uh, play beneath the rim really well. And, and for a, a seven foot three guy, he can shoot the the three all right. Yeah, he he's, can. He's got he's a right decent. At, yeah, league average, I think. Yeah, right he's he's a, he's a he's a decent three point shooter. So I I just don't know what Phil's doing there, and I think it doesn't portend well for him. So moving on to. Uh, some some baseball news. I know that you had wanted to talk a little bit about the Astros' surprising home run rate to strikeout rate. Yeah, it's uh, one of the things uh, the Wall Street Journal had an article on them, and and I think it's a real. You see a a advocation of a change in approach to hitting when and the Astros certainly are showing that because of the fact that they. Uh, at the point that we're recording this, they lead the league in major league home runs as a team, and they have the lowest strikeout percentage rate uh, in major league baseball, which they would be the uh, only the second team to do that if they are able to carry it through the full season. Uh, the 1995 Cleveland Indians were able to do it, and they currently are on that rate. And what they're what they're doing is actually swinging earlier in the counts. Uh, there's been a lot of baseball strategy that says work the count, you know, 
get the pitcher to throw lots of pitches and get that starting pitcher out of the game. But with the way relievers are now so good. Andrew Miller. <laughs> fill me in. Help me out. Who's Andrew Miller? The uh, the pitcher for Cleveland, really an ace, kind of like um middle relief pitcher. Could be a closer, but he comes in. He'll come in in the sixth or seventh inning and just he'll have guys on, you know, bases loaded and he'll get out of those jams. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you've got these guys who uh, – and even if they're they're not great, the fact that there's so many relievers that you don't really get a good chance to see a lot of them if you're a if you're a hitter, and so um, you just don't perform as well against them. And many of them are just high caliber relievers. And so the 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 Houston Astros are taking a different approach by swinging earlier in the earlier in the count in order to um, get better pitches because. They're recognizing that, you know, those pitchers are going to throw strikes earlier in the count and they're going to get some better swings. And even just the home run thing, the home run rate, they also have a great um, balls in play. They're they're making contact, which so they're not hitting everything out of the park. But it's interesting to see that this mentality of just if you if you think you can hit it, swing at it. Don't you know, don't try and foul it off. Don't just take a pitch to make a guy throw a, a second pitch to you. Really go up there with an aggressive mentality which you're right, is very different from you saw it with Moneyball and all these these different teams that are like, oh, work the count, get them to throw you eight, nine pitches. Well, starting pitchers aren't in there for 100 pitches anymore or eight innings anymore. They're, they're getting taken out in the fifth inning because then managers realize they can pitch better later into the season. And you're right, they just have better relievers available to them. One of, the, one of the things I think that also plays in the favor of a batter who's able to put it in play is you're forcing the you're forcing the team on the field to make a play. You're 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 getting your runners moving. You even if you don't get a hit, you may get an error. Be able to move them along. Even if you don't get an error or a hit, you might be able to get a sacrifice fly out of it or a sacrifice that moves them along. The contact just really improves. I think the overall. Uh, opportunities that the hitting team has in the game and so uh, you see the Astros are kind of the the first ones that kind of take this different approach to swinging earlier they have a uh, as a result they have they're just taking they're they only see 3.8 pitches per plate appearance um, which is the fifth lowest in baseball you even saw uh, you know I, I Jack Morris is actually for those who are uh, local Minneapolis market listeners has actually suggested that Joe Maurer uh, change his approach to hitting and do something similar and swing earlier in the counts because of the fact that Joe tends to be very patient, get a lot of walks, but he, Jack Morris is suggesting that if he, sw- he was swinging earlier in the count, he would um, be able to get more, uh, drive in more runs, be able to swing at better pitches. So this is this has nothing to do with the the Astros, but it has it's it's Major League Baseball, and so you know John Lackey, pitcher for the Angels, you, you're familiar yes. with him, yep. 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 And uh, so they had a game against the Texas Rangers, and so he starts the game and he gets two pitches in before he's ejected, 
Have you have you ever seen anything like that? No. Yeah. How did he get ejected in two pitches? Uh, the first pitch, uh, it, it was off speed. He threw it behind the guy. It was it, it was Ian Kinsler. It was interesting. Ian Kinsler didn't even flinch. Just watched a ball sail behind him at like eighty miles per hour. Catcher got it, threw it back. Next pitch, fastball inside, hits him in the ribs. You know, midsection area, and the umpire just tossed him. And there is there is a rule that says you know if if the umpire deems you threw at him intentionally which when you go from behind a guy to his ribs in your first two pitches of the game i think there's some intent there do you think lackey was was uh based on your last comment i think you're saying that lackey was thrown at him. oh yeah and i i have no idea why i don't know why he's throwing at ian kinsler like that but it was just stupid Especially the first batter in yeah one batter. you get two pitches in i mean i would hope that there'd be some discipline for him just because that's that's just hurting your ball club you'd you're you're making your bullpen do extra duty that day because you went, you, you faced one batter, got zero outs. Yeah, really, you didn't even play. I yeah, mean, yeah. And so I would hope that Mike Sosha or somebody in that Angels organization talks to him and tries to figure out what was going on there and maybe some discipline. I know we had an offline conversation about it from even reading that uh, from teams, it it makes very little actually competitive sense for them to be throwing. Uh, well, throwing at uh, hitters, I should say hitting batters intentionally as sort of the payback makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't help them as a team. And uh, the risk is that one of your better players is going to get hurt because the retaliation is going to come when they throw it at you. And, you know, your one of your better players could be hit and be on the DL for 10 days or, or longer uh, as a potential risk there. So it doesn't make sense from a, a competitive standpoint for for baseball clubs to actually throw intentionally at other teams. Yeah, because the, there was something about that with the the Orioles manager from – was I it think, Orioles? Yeah, it was Orioles. It was, I think it was Earl Weaver. Earl Weaver? Earl Weaver. In like the 80s, right? Right. He, he was saying he, he kind of had a club um, rule that they would not retaliate, not throw back. And I know at some point there was – batters that were a little frustrated with Earl Weaver because they felt like they, they were not being protected by their pitchers, but uh, recognizing that in the end, you're, you, you may not be protected by your pitcher, but you're also going to have be thrown at a lot less when you stop retaliating and letting, uh, letting the league take care of it. Yeah, and that, that goes into the, um, you remember Dustin Pedroia and the slide at second base against the Orioles, it just goes into that, I think, too, is um, not even guys thrown at them. Now you got guys maybe that are doing some reckless slides, stuff like that, any way to, you know, get back. Yeah. And I'm, I'm – I don't – you know, if – I don't – I'm not somebody that's going to say, oh, make throwing at people illegal. I think it's part of the game. And if, if a diff- another team wants to seek retribution like that and give you a free base runner – I think that's all right. But, yeah, you got to be able to protect yourself, maybe wear some extra equipment or something. You look like Barry Bounds out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a hockey player playing <laughs> baseball. Speaking of that, we had the long-awaited the Las Vegas Golden Knights selected their roster, the new expansion team in the NHL. Man, Las Vegas is getting into to major league sports here, right? They get their uh, – and they, they uh, lure the Raiders away from yep. Oakland, mm-hmm. and now they've got a hockey team, which makes 
about well, they're, they're getting all those, team in those boxing matches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a desert getting two hockey teams now. I wonder what those Canadians think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, right. They can't even get a team to the finals in a dozen years, and it's their probably their national sport. So what would you think about the how the uh, Golden... Uh, how do they... Is it spelled N-I-G? It's K-N-I-G-H-T, yeah, isn't like it? Yeah, like a knight in shining armor. Okay. Uh, what do you think about their draft and the players they picked up? Um, yeah, they're going to stink, that's for sure. Um, maybe they get a, a blue chip player in the this upcoming draft because they do have a pretty good draft spot. I don't know what it is, but they'll get a pretty good spot. But, yeah, it's, it's I, I think their biggest steals was they got Eric Halla from Minnesota Wild. He's He's a pretty good player. I thought that was probably one of their best acquisitions. They had a bunch of probably second or third line talents that they got. And then um, they got Marc-Andre Fleury. What position does Hollow play? He's a forward. And they got uh, Fleury who... He's probably the biggest name, wouldn't you say, that they got? Yeah, I wouldn't say he's that great. He's definitely a solid goaltender. I think he's, of the three they got, they got him, they got Barubi from the New York Islanders, and they got Calvin Pickard from the Avalanche. Both those guys are backups. But he was... It was weird with Fleury. He was kind of like a starting caliber, but he was getting a little bit older, and the young gun, Matt Murray, took his spot. And then he, Matt Murray was injured for a little bit in the playoffs, and Fleury kind of carried him. And then they went back to Matt Murray at the end. You just go with whoever's hot. And so he won a third Stanley Cup with them, so he's a three-time Stanley Cup winner. So uh, what uh, what division they play in? Who, who are they going to be there? Who well, do you think will be the natural rivals for them? Yeah, I, I don't know if they'll have rivals for just because they're not they going to be very... Yeah, people very, like beating up on them for a while, yeah. so there's I know no their, rivalry. their home opener is against Phoenix, so that you know maybe might turn into a rival. But yeah, maybe any of those L.A. teams... Do you know, do you know what division they end up are playing in? Um, I am not sure. Let's see here. That's, that's okay. T- take me under the... You, you were pretty... Uh, you were... Uh, I don't want to say if the right word is impressed, but you you found it notable that the NHL seems to have more awards uh, for individual performances than the other professional sports leagues. Well, I just so the way the the NHL awards are, there's they have an MVP, and that's called the Hart Memorial Trophy, and then they have uh, another. It's kind of like an MVP, but it's voted by the players. And they have the Vesna, which is like the MVP of goalies, and they have the Norris Trophy, which is like the MVP for defensemen. And anybody can win the Hart Trophy, goalie, it, forward, defenseman, but they also have the the Norris and the Vesna specifically for defensemen. So, and and, and how how are these how are these awards chosen? Uh, they're they're voted on by the the press, just like any other. Okay, so that it's not it's not players, coaches, or even fans. It's uh, those sports writers that are following the league yep. mm-hmm. vote these players into these awards. Yep, and they've got a, a you know, just a whole a, a bunch of them. They've got a rookie rookie of the year award. They have a best defensive forward. Um, so they got a bunch of different ones: coach of the year, GM of the year. But I just thought what was interesting is so they have the the Hart Memorial Trophy, which is the MVP. But I also like how they award statistical greatness. So they have the Art Ross for most points. So that's goals plus assists. 
And then they have the Maurice Rocket Richard Trophy, which is the top goal scorer. So just goals. So in those cases, they're not actually voted on, but they're just going from a pure statistical performance. Yeah, whoever, whoever got the most goals and whoever got the most points, which I thought was interesting because I was, I was trying to think of in any other sport, if there was, at least in, in terms of Major League Baseball, the NFL, and the NBA, I don't know of any trophies that are handed out purely on you know, numbers. Like there's no, you know, there's no subjective in no, these. They're I, completely. I think you're right. They think they, they, they kind of recognize them. Their, uh, you know, their Wikipedia page gets updated, but they, they don't actually get something that goes in their trophy case. And what you're saying with the case of the NHL, these statistical winners are awarded, uh, actually given an award. Do they have like an awards night for them? Yeah, they had the, uh, the awards. I think they were in Vegas for those as well for the NHL. So Vegas is getting a lot of attention from the sports world. Well, they probably want to. But it was it was funny because it was hosted by Joe Manganiello. And uh, he's he's a comedian. And it was funny because at the start of it, he uh, he's like, oh, so where's where's Sidney Crosby in here? Because Crosby's a, obviously he's the best player in hockey. Um, that's debatable, but it's really kind of, he's the best player. And He's like, where's Sidney Crosby? And, you know, he waves. He's kind of in the middle of the crowd somewhere. And he's like, oh, you need a much better seat than that. He's, he calls him up. He says, hey, sir, will you please uh, give up your seat for Sidney Crosby? The guy who gave up his seat for Chris, Sidney Crosby was the commissioner, Gary Bettman. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so he kicked the commissioner out of the front row seat. Did he Did he had, go sit in Sidney Crosby's seat? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was it was a... I didn't actually watch the show. I just saw some clips of it, but yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. When they uh, when they uh, drafted, I know that they, you know, all the teams had to make players available to the Golden Knights. Did they not only draft for their NHL team, but also they're gonna? I'm guessing like the other teams are gonna have a minor league affiliate. Were they able to pick players for their minor league affiliate? Well, or how do they r- fill out those rosters? If I remember correctly, I think there is a way for them to pick minor league players because they they did sign one guy away. His name was Reed Duke. It was actually their first player they signed, and he was away from a minor league club. I, I don't think he'll see the NHL, even though he was the first player signed. I think he'll still end up in the minor leagues. But, yeah, I'm not sure how that's how they're going to fill out their minor league roster. I think it's something along those lines. But yep. it's, it's less so, notable because right. not as so big they, a deal. So they do have a minor league affiliate that's going to play – somewhere yep. uh, and um, they got to fill that roster out too yeah i mean i they can they also signed a guy from the khl which is the russian um the russian professional league it's it's rivals the nhl in terms of talent but so they'll get guys from international to fill that out and it'll just take a couple of years but their first season will be the 2017 2018 season so mm-hmm. we'll We'll see them playing this this coming year yep, when we'll they to, open uh, training camp in October. Yep, and that season opener against Phoenix, and, and uh, we'll see how they they do. I think they'll be. It would be hard to see them being competitive in terms of reaching the playoffs, but with the way the NHL works, it's it's a very competitive league because they have the two points for a win, and then if you tie and go into overtime, you still get a point. So the standings are usually very tight. But I, I don't think they'll be competing seriously and in, in competitive for the for the Stanley Cup for a couple of years at least. All right. Uh, is that going to close this out for today? 
yeah, I think I think we've covered pretty much everything that's happened in the last week. Uh, Which, like you said, this is a pretty pretty slow, slow sports U- week. U.S. Open finished on Sunday. Brooks uh, Kopka won. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, if you care about no U.S. Open, no Phil Mickelson, no Tiger Woods. No. Yeah, it, it was interesting. A lot of guys missed the cut actually, like Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy. Rory McElroy. Yeah, a lot of those big it, name guys. He's number, he's number one in the one, number one in the world. Didn't make the cut. Yeah, maybe I think the blimp threw them all off. <laughs> the flaming <laughs> Hindenburg going down at the golf course. All right, uh, with that we'll we'll sign off for this week and thank you for all of our incredibly loyal listeners out there. <laughs>